This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. And tonight, I am exhausted. (laughs) Uh, I didn't do a show last week because I had a cold. And my voice just would have been too bad. Too much coughing and sniffling. There may still be a little bit of sniffling going on. I'll do what I can to avoid it. I'll also do what I can to avoid coughing during this next hour of uh, my show. Uh, Because I'm still in the the aftermath, the the residue, as it were, of the of being sick, um, actually a week ago. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> that was right during the uh, polar vortex thing, which I'll talk more about in a bit. Um, anyway, so this week I I'm exhausted because the last day and a half has been a week. It's one of those things where it just seems like, oh my goodness, how do I keep pushing? And I just do. Um, where I live in Minnesota, and we get winter, and oh boy, do we get winter, sometimes. And I mentioned the polar vortex, of course, and and I think you might know what that means. Uh, again, I'll explain it in a bit. But uh, uh, I put up a bonus episode. Uh, it, because I, I didn't make a new one, so I put up a bonus one. And I, I purposely grabbed one from the last Polar Vortex incident that I remember us going through. We may have gone through others since, but uh, this is one I remember talking about on the show. And that dates way back to February twenty second, 2014, is when that show was from. And I talked about how cold it got for a couple of days. This one beat it by a day and a half. It was that, that much longer of a cold snap than it was back in 2014. But um, uh, I, I did mention something in that talk there that was kind of interesting in that, not terrible, not, not, it's not significant, but it's kind of interesting in that once the cold snap was done, we went a few days and we get hit with snow. And that's pretty much what we happened here. The cold snap ended, and then we got snow. Of course, we got snow to start the cold snap. It was, that was the first thing that happened. And then it, the temperatures were reasonable. But after we got all dug out from the snow, the temperatures just plummeted. And it was just well below zero for a long time. But that's not why I'm exhausted tonight. I suppose it's part why I'm exhausted, but it's not the full reason. I'm exhausted because... Uh, Yesterday, Thursday, was that that? Yesterday, I'm recording this on a Friday night. 
actually, <laughs> Saturday morning because it's after midnight. <laughs> Normally, I get to doing this at by 10:30, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at the latest usually, but <laughs> today's special. Um, we started getting snow uh, Wednesday evening, and it, a couple inches came down, and then it uh, took a break through most of the night. And then in the morning, Thursday morning, it started snowing again, just in time for morning rush hour and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all This week, this past week, my wife's been sick. Now, she normally gets up and takes Hayden to school. This is why I pushed for him taking the bus. But then again, during a cold snap, what are you going to do? But he had the week. He had that week off. I mean, it got so cold that the, the first the snow. They said um, we're going to close the schools for that Monday, and then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because of cold, 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 cold. So he had most of the whole week off. Anyway, so he wouldn't have to bother with a bus. But instead of Amy getting up to get him to school, I did. And that kind of messes with my normal routine in the morning. I get up at 6.30, I get everything together, and then Amy and Hayden take off for school, and, uh, and I see them off, and then once I'm done getting all my stuff taken care of, I get on, sit on the couch, put on my Spotify, listen to music, and snooze for an hour and 20 minutes or so. Wasn't able to do that this week. And... So it's Wednesday night, it starts snowing a little bit. It's not too bad in the morning, so it's not so bad out there. But then it starts snowing again Thursday morning, and it snowed all day. And it just kept going and going. And you know, worry about are your people for the janitor service at night? Are, they, are your people going to get to their buildings? I had a building that I was supposed to clean on Thursday night. Uh, it's one that just gets done once a month, so it's a little flexible to move things around. I left the office early on Thursday, got home and started shoveling. I called that customer and said, I'm not going to make it today. I'll come out tomorrow, Friday. And they were fine with that, just as long as I gave them the heads up. And the shoveling, uh, so much shoveling. <laughs> I won't go through the whole thing, but once I finished the shoveling, I had to work on the driveway, which is at a slope, and it gets iced up, and sometimes it's it's hard to get the car back in the garage, and we don't have any ice melt to put on the uh, the surface, and you can't find any around town <laughs> because everybody bought it all up because we had melting and icing and all this stuff happened. It just it was so we got a lot of ice as well, and so I I used a, a an ice chipper or a scraper kind of thing, and uh, some kit, kitty litter and table salt. Mixed my own sidewalk melting chemicals, and I did get the car back in the garage. And that was Thursday night. Finally come in. Um, I got everything shoveled out by, I think, 6.30. Car back in the garage and all that. So then I... I, I know what's coming up. The next day, I, I know I'm going to have to go over to my dad's and help him shovel out. Uh, he had done some during the storm, but you know, but he it was during the the storm, and so it, there was still snow to take care of, just not as much. So I knew I'd have to do that, but I also was pretty sure that I'd have to take care of what the plow left behind, 
which that was my first thing. So I get up at 6.30. I'm out taking care of what the plow left behind by 7 o'clock. I get over to Dad's by 7.30, and I'm shoveling there, and he's got the snowblower going in the driveway, and we finally get everything done. I sit down, and we chat for a while. I head to work, fully expecting to having having to shovel there. Uh, I did have to do a little bit, but the, the service that plows the lot did a better job, and all I had to do was around our van, which it currently can't start because it, it's in desperate need of a tune-up, we, we're pretty sure, and it just won't start. And uh, anyway, so I thought that was this morning. It was Friday morning. I thought, okay, I'm done. And I was very happy to see that I didn't have to deal with that, uh, the lot, so much. I mean, before I left on Thursday, I pushed a bunch of snow away from the building, our front side walkway, into the parking lot so that it would be easier for the plow guy to just plow it away, not leave a pile in front of us. Um, the supervisor was supposed to come in this morning and meet with me f uh, to go over some stuff, and he did, and he came in earlier than I expected, and so we went over that stuff, and then he leaves. Ten minutes after he leaves, he gives me a call. Uh, he's stuck. He was on Highway 61. A car stopped qu quick in front of him. He he slams on the brakes and, and turns, you know, swerves toward the shoulder to avoid hitting the guy and ends up in a snowbank. Jim, can you come and help me get out? <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Have you got a shovel? Yeah, I got a shovel. So I go out. He's got uh, he's got some Toyota van kind of thing, minivan kind of thing. And the two of us are working at it. And it took 20 or 30 minutes. We finally got him dug out and um, back on the road. And, and I got back to the office. And I was just uh, tired, tired. I had to make a couple deliveries today, and I had to clean a suite that we clean once a month, uh, no, twice a month, and I do it during the day because we can't go in after hours because the, the, the customer has to be in the suite as we clean it, some security thing. So I go and I do that. I get back to the office sometime after 3, and I sit down and I do up the show notes for tonight's show, and... I know I still am not done because I have my normal Friday night building to clean plus the one I was supposed to get done last you know, Thursday night. And I, t I told my wife this morning, I'm just going to... Uh, oh, it, it also, part of today's festivities was to go pick up my son from a friend's place. He had today off of school because they closed because of the snow. <clears throat> so I picked him up and as part of the day's, like as I said, festivities. Well then, I was just going to leave from work, go to the, my, the one building that I was supposed to do earlier in the week, and then do my regular building after that. And I got finished doing my regular building at 11.30. By about 10, I was on fumes. <laughs> I was just... Uh, and it had the added pleasure of uh, a light bulb had gone out, and it's the only building that we service in which we change the light bulbs. Don't know why that is. It just is. So I looked up and I went, sure, fine. Just give me one more thing I have to do. But not only that, because of the snow, the customer had plenty of sidewalk salt. And that gets tracked into the, into the building. And that stuff doesn't vacuum up very well. So it's just... 
I tried to get done quicker, but it still took me the main, the regular amount of time to get done with that building. And but I, I'm telling you, I'm tired. But I'm gonna do a show. So just letting you know, that's the thing. That's what, <laughs> that's what's going on. And hopefully I won't uh, just fall asleep during the show or something. I should be okay. Okay. Um, I mentioned the polar vortex. It strikes again. Uh, it there's a couple of things about this this vortex thing. Uh, one is is that this is probably due to um, the, global, uh, the climate change. I mean, what I'm hearing from climate scientists talking about this this polar vortex that just happened is that this kind of thing will happen more frequently. It's not un it's not that it doesn't happen ever. It's just it'll happen more frequently because there's the the ice sh uh, uh, pack up there, uh, the sea ice or whatever that's up on the north at the North Pole is not as thick and it's not as widely spread out as it has been in in the past, and that it's that would which be quote unquote normal for there. Because it's you know normal, what's normal changes, but but because climate change is warming, there's less ice up there. I guess that causes to be causes it to be a little warmer, which messes with uh, the jet stream. The jet stream is this river of air that travels around the planet, and I, there might be more than one jet stream. One for the southern hemisphere, one for the northern hemisphere. I didn't have a chance to look it up, but. The jet stream that affects our weather um, in the winter, what it will do is it it sort of, it comes into the United States up there in Canada, and then it swoops down to Minnesota, and it goes back up into Canada. It kind of does this that little pattern, and when the polar vortex thing happens, that jet stream dips way down, you know, dips way down beyond Minnesota, below Minnesota, south of Minnesota. And takes a it takes a more gradual upswing back toward the north, so so much more of the Midwest and the East get stuck into this really cold air because it slips on down from up there in on, in the North Pole region, and it gets it gets freaking cold. And <clears throat> I mean the high temperature the high temperature on Wednesday was in the teens below zero here in the Twin Cities, and that's. Um, and that's not counting the wind chill. And I don't like, I, you know, wind chill, bringing that up feels like cheating to me. Because people will jump to say it's 60 below zero. It's going to get to 60 below zero. Well, actual temperature or wind chill? The wind chill is important because at that, at that, at that depth, um, it, it, does, it won't take long for frost, frostbite to set in if you're out in, the, out in the air and you're not properly bundled up. So it's, you, people get the frostbite in their cheeks and their ears and such because they don't—they're not properly taken care of when they're out in the weather. So the wind chill does factor in that, but oh, it always feels like cheating to me. Just say what the actual air temperature is, and then say with a wind chill of whatever it is. That to me feels more more honest. And maybe it's just me being a pedant. A pedant you know, uh, maybe that's what it is, but. It just, I don't know, it, it just seems like it's cheating to amp the numbers. 
And the the jet stream thing, it got me thinking of a, of a of a an old weatherman that used to be in the Twin Cities. He used to be on radio and he used to be on TV, and his name is Bud Crailing. And I may have mentioned this before during the nine years I've been doing this show, um, <clears throat> almost nine years. Uh, Bud Crailing had said that there would be a connection between Alaska and Minnesota, and that was the jet stream in winter. In the summer, the jet stream flattens out a little more. And so in mild winters, a lot of times that jet stream doesn't dip quite as deep into Minnesota as it normally does. And in severe cold winters, that jet stream comes down a little farther. And then, of course, you got the polar vortex events. Now, he said that there's a connection between Alaska and Minnesota. If you want to have, if you're in Minnesota and you want to figure out, you know, what the weather is going to be like in a couple few days, look at Alaska. What are the temperatures up in Alaska? If it's nice and warm up in Alaska, but it's cold down here in Minnesota, you can figure in a couple days' time, a few days' time, that air is going to follow the jet stream down, and it's going to warm up in Minnesota. If it's really cold up in Alaska, you can bet that in a couple of days' time, that cold air mass is going to ride that jet stream down and get us. So that's that made me think of that, of Bud Crailing. It was something I've never forgot. I always remembered is what's it like in Alaska? Um, and and I, a friend of mine, his wife has family up in Alaska. She went up there while we were having the, the, the cold from the, the vortex thing. And she came back during the middle of it. But she was up there and then sending pictures of herself up there. And it looked really warm. And I, I asked her, uh, my friend about it. Says, it it's, looks like it's warm up there. And he says, oh, yeah, it is. And then just a couple few days after the polar vortex cleared out, we were our temperatures were in the 40s on that by that by Sunday so by Thursday uh, well by it started warming up Friday you know Thursday it got real cold but then as the night went on it started to warm up into the morning hours and then the temperatures went up through the day until it got to the mid 40s on Sunday so there you go weather it's fun there was one other thing about the polar vortex thing um, I'm gonna bring it up right now uh, uh, before I head to the break, and that was, <clears throat> it seemed, when you look at the American national news, they, they yes, they did mention that, well, yeah, yeah, Minnesota and the Twin Cities, yeah, they got cold too, but Chicago, Chicago, it was all Chicago, it just seemed, I have a Facebook friend that posted that and said, what the hell? It's all Chicago. It's, they had some article that was written, but I, I, I can't remember where it was from. I'll try to find it. I might not be able to find it, but if I can, I'll see about putting it in the show notes. Which are at dimland.com. Just click on the, on the blog option when you get there, and you'll find the show notes. And <clears throat> he posted about that, and, and we were commenting, speculating why that was. And my thought was, well, you know, the American national news media thinks Minnesota is pretty much part of Canada anyway. And I said, honestly, when's the last time you heard anything on the American news about how cold it is in Canada? And he thought that was a good point. I don't know. And I've got more about weather, but I should take my first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm going to sit here quietly and try not to nod off. <laughs> I shall return.
control This old love struck soul Just lives for the moment you're around You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. If this station is not your cup of tea, then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. I thought you might say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, trying to uh, power through my exhaustion here. Uh, there was something else that uh, came out of the, the internets as related to this cold snap that Minnesota had in the upper Midwest. It wasn't just Minnesota. Chicago got it too. Did you hear that? Chicago got really cold. Twin Cities was colder, but Chicago got really cold. Oh, those poor Chicago people. I can't remember exactly that what the headline was, but it's, it was something to the effect. It was shared just recently, and I think it's legit. And then the headline was that uh, Californians brace for deadly 50-degree cold front, a cold snap or something like that. I saw that, and I just laughed. 50 degrees? Oh, my goodness. How will they ever manage? <laughs> it was shared by somebody who I believe lives out in California, and she made some... Or, or she lives in Vegas, maybe, or something like that. But she made some comment about this is just wrong, and <clears throat> and uh, I I commented in there. I live in Minnesota. Uh, this headline made me laugh. Okay, so uh, anyway, uh, but there was this other thing that was shared, uh, and it was uh, some website out there decided to rank. All the United States, all each of the states, rank them from 50 to 1, because there's 50 states, as to the ones that have the least miserable winters to the one that the ones that have the most miserable. And uh, so I looked through the list. Now I haven't had a chance to to dig through the list in in depth, but I believe 50 is Hawaii. Uh, I believe that I think they are, um, but. Rolls up to uh, the top three, and this might surprise you, but at number three is Alaska. 
You would think that would be number one. But number two is Michigan. And number one is Minnesota for just miserable winters. And they write a couple paragraph blurb about why. And there was something they wrote in there. Now they were clear to to say in there that this took place in northern Minnesota, but that one there was a, a you know in a in in one in in a single winter in northern Minnesota they got 170 inches of snow. Now if you live up in mountains, or you live in Buffalo, New York, or you live out you know in the Rockies. You, know, you live out there, that's probably not a lot of snow. Or it might seem like, it might be a lot of snow. I'm not exactly certain. I mean, if you live in some parts of Alaska, you can get tons of snow. But in Minnesota, that is a lot of snow. And I questioned it. I thought, what? Really? What's that? Did that happen? I would think that would be more common knowledge. And um, someone linked me to information about where that happened and yeah and, and like I said the article on the on the internets did say it was in part of northern Minnesota but I have a feeling it, it to me it seems like it's a little bit of a cheat it's a little you know they, they pick a record amount from some part of Minnesota that's way the hell up there it's it's less than I think it's less than 50 miles from Thunder Bay which is in Ontario? Is that the province in Canada? And it's uh, it's near this this it's called Grand Portage, Minnesota, some town or area up there in, in northern Minnesota. Now, if you're picturing picture the state of Minnesota, you got it in your mind. It kind of looks like the capital letter K. It's sort of shaped that way. the the uh, The western border of the state is the straight line. Uh, uh, the vertical line of the K, and then you have the the, the crooked line that makes the top half of the uh, the uh, the right side of the K and the lower half of the right side of the K as you're looking at it. And so that's that would be the eastern side. And so you go to the top part of that that slash that goes to the upper uh, right. That right up at the top of that is where Grand Portage is. That's, I guess we call that area the Arrowhead of many of many of Minnesota, and that's right up along Lake Superior. So it will get some of what's called lake effect snow. Apparently, the moisture of the lake will get pulled into the cold air that comes across, and it'll help add to even more snow to those areas. And so it was up there that it got 170 inches of snow one winter. And that winter was 1949-1950, you know, that winter season. And, and so I thought, okay, I looked into it, and I think it's a bit of a cheat because I, I found a DNR, a DNR, a Minnesota's DNR site, the, the Department of Natural Resources. Is that what the DNR stands for? I found their site where they, they showed an, an, an average snowfall chart, you know, color-coded chart of Minnesota um, that that ran from the years 1981 through 2010 that information the Twin Cities which if you're if you don't know exactly where the Twin Cities are they are about mid part of the state you go down to the middle and 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 pretty much to uh, all the way to the east part or yeah the eastern side of the state and just not all that far from 
from Wisconsin. Just, 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 just a few minutes drive to the east, and you're in Wisconsin. And so there's the Twin Cities there, um, and we'll get eh, between 50 and 55 inches on average through a winter here in Minnesota. Sometimes more, sometimes less, sometimes right in there. Yeah, it's just that's how it works. Up there in the Grand Portage area, up in the Arrowhead, it ranges from 80 inches to maybe more than 95 inches of snow up there. But not that 170 really was a, uh, an outlier. That was just a you know as far as when we've been keeping records, as far as I could tell, that was just way out. You know that's 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 80 inches more or 70 inches more, maybe even up to 90 inches more. Uh, if it's 80 inches that the average you get, it's, it just depends on where you are. Because if you'll, I'll link to the maps and all that kind of stuff so that you can take a look, and you'll see what I'm talking about. So I felt, uh, yeah, I, I appreciated being picked at number one for the most miserable state to live in when it comes to winter. But um, uh, it just seems like a little bit of a, a little bit of a cheat there. And it's along about this time each winter. February, we just you know, it, it, as you head into winter, if you've got fall and you've got uh, you got Halloween sort of says okay, you know, once Halloween hits, it's, winter could be just around the corner. I mean, it certainly was in 1991 when we had the Halloween blizzard, but it's not long off. And then you got, but you got Thanksgiving to look forward to, and then you have you know Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, you know those holidays to look forward to and then you got New Year's to look forward to and if you're a, a fan of football, a sports fan, you've got the Super Bowl and the playoffs and the Super Bowl to look forward to and then it's February and it's <laughs> cold and crappy and we start to look at each other and ask each other, "Why do we live here?" And I always answer, "Bragging rights." We get to laugh at people that are scared of a 50-degree cold snap. Ooh. Above zero, that is. Uh, well, speaking of Super Bowl, that happened. Uh, and I want to mention, it. I watched it, and it was not the most exciting Super Bowl because it was a defensive struggle. Uh, I mean, that's... that. That kind of game can happen. I wouldn't call it lame. Some people were calling it lame. You know, there's some some newspaper put on its front page or the front page of its sports section. Uh, it had to, it just was blank except for its banner headline up at the top, and it was a blank page. But in bold letters in the center of the page, it said Super Bowl question mark What Super Bowl question uh, mark Come on, you know it, this is what happens sometimes. You. You, what you saw there was a really good defense. It was a low-scoring game through, through up until the fourth quarter. I mean, soccer fans must have loved it. Uh, and anyway, it, it's it, it was tied at three going into the fourth quarter, and that's when New England was able to score a touchdown finally, and then add another three points from a field goal and just put it out of range. Um, the Rams just really couldn't do anything offensively because the the New England uh, Belichick, their their head coach, had figured out what to do to stop them. 
They, they, and they, and it worked. They had a game plan that worked. And for the on the on the Rams' behalf, they pretty much had a pretty good game plan as far as the defense went. It was more of a bend don't break sort of a thing, where they would give up a plenty of yards in between the twenty yard lines, but they once the New England got closer to this to scoring, getting in that territory, the the, the defense just tightened up and and you know so neither quarterback looked very good. Brady was a little bit better. Uh, the, uh, Gerald Goff, Tom Brady, you know, Gerald Goff, the quarterback for uh, the Rams, just seemed confused and hurried most of the time, and that was due to New England having a plan that that worked. But for the for the longest time in that game, up until the fourth quarter, it was either team's game. They were t- like I said, they were tied at three for a while there, so. It could have gone either way, and that's an interesting game. It may not be the most exciting because we all love offense and scoring is so much more fun. But you know, I don't want to call it lame. I would think a lame Super Bowl is the the are the ones where one team is just so overpowering of the other team that the other team just never has a chance, and. At times, it kind of looked like that with this one, the way the the New England's defense just stymied the Rams the whole game. But but the Rams managed to hold the Patriots back as well, and so it just felt like well, it could go either way if the if you know if the Rams could sustain a drive and get something together. But that didn't end up happening. And so New England has won its sixth, sixth world championship. They've been to the to the Super Bowl nine times since uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady um, took over the team, as it were. Bill Belichick is the head coach and Tom Brady is the quarterback. They've, they've been nine times, nine times, and they've won six of them. That is pretty damned impressive. Uh, it's annoying. He's like, let somebody else win. Let somebody else get to the Super Bowl. But hey, I—that's I, a damn good coach they have there. I, I don't know if and 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 Brady's a pretty good quarterback. He's um, not quite as good as he used to be, but I mean, last year's World uh, World Series, now last year's Super Bowl between uh, New England and the Philadelphia Eagles. Which the Eagles ended up winning. That was uh, lots of offense, lots of yardage picked up by both teams, lots of that. So that one was much more exciting. But that's how the Super Bowl goes. And will the Vikings ever be in one? <laughs> I don't think so. I doubt it. But now, now we can look forward to baseball. Uh, baseball, it's coming. You know, the seasons start earlier now. Used to the seasons for baseball used to start in April. Now they're starting in late March, uh, just so so they don't go too deep into the fall. And they, I kind of like the idea of keeping the World Series in October, not bleeding into November. And I think I I'm pretty sure I heard this on the sports talk station. Uh, come next season, not this one that's coming up, but the one for the year 2020, which is an election year, for hopefully. You know, you know who won't end up in office for another four years. Um, 
they're talking about starting that season even earlier in March so that the they can guarantee you make absolutely certain that the the World Series is done before November. Well, you can't make absolutely certain because there is weather and if you don't have indoor team two indoor teams in the in the game, there could be weather delays, but they're going to try to get it all to take care in October and so it doesn't get in the way of the November elections. So, there you go. Um Let's see, I'm going to take the next break a little bit early so I can spend uh, more time on my next topic. How's that sound? So you are listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return. On the day that your man I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ZTalkRadio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived the outhouse incident. Hi, this is Pete Townsend of The Who. I just want to say that the United States Air Force is a great place to be, a great place to learn a space-age skill and serve your country too. The aerospace team, that's where all the breakthroughs are. See your United States Air Force recruiter. Find out how you too can fly the skies, reach for the moon, and touch the stars in the United States Air Force. He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quickly trying to uh, locate uh, something in my email, but um, the email's not opening very quickly. Uh, so uh, it has to do with my, my next little topic here. And uh, there it is. Okay, so um, we got more blackface, blackface going on. Um, uh, this article, uh, I don't, uh, I think it's, I, I'm not exactly certain on the date. It just says it was five hours ago, the screen capture of it. So I'm not exactly certain when it happened, but I think it is fairly recent. Um, the headline is Mary Poppins branded racist by U.S. academic in blackface row over scene where she gets covered in soot. And... <clears throat> And the person who shared this on Facebook uh, had all kinds of, uh, uh, you know, people being indignant on that. Reading that headline, 
Yeah, she's covered in soot. How's that blackface? How she's in soot? I mean, come on. Are we are we looking for things to be upset about? I mean, how what how fine tooth is your comb? How big is your magnifying glass? What are we What are you doing? Why what, What's it? I mean, people reacting like that. This is it. This is disgusting and all that. And the, and and I, I was thinking. <clears throat> That um, it might be a good idea uh, to, I don't know, as, as I put it in my comment on the thread, because I, I, first I wanted to make sure it was real, so I, uh, it was the image that they were sharing was just a screen capture. It wasn't the a link to the article, it was a screen capture of the headline and a picture of, you know, the cast uh, in, the, in the scene where they're all covered in soot uh, from Mary Poppins. And uh, she, so uh, whoever shared that, he or she, I can't remember, uh, that was just a screen capture. And so I, I decided to look and see if, the, if it was legit, and I found the article. And I, and I did something that uh, um, I suggested people do in the comments. And I, I wrote this. Hey, everybody. I have an idea. Let's read the article and not just judge the story by the headline, eh? And I said, I'll help. Here's the article. And I put a link to the article. And it's an article in the standard, uh, uh, webs on the standard website. Uh, for, for It's a newspaper in the UK. And uh, it's their website. And... Um, they're in the article they're talking about this professor named I wrote it down Daniel Pollock Pelsner uh, he had written an article in the New York Times which those aren't easy to get online because usually you have a paywall thing to get past uh, anyway but within that article the, the standard was talking about how he was bringing up this this blackface thing and he said there's a scene in which uh, Mary Poppins, who's a nanny taking care of a couple of rich kids, uh, they're, they're slumming it with, uh, with, uh, with some, some chimney sweeps up on the roof, and uh, they're, they're covered in soot because they climbed up through the, uh, the chimney in order to get on the roof. And there's a point at which um, Mary Poppins adds some soot to her face not cleans it off she adds soot so she fits more in with the with the chimney sweeps who are all white guys this is all taking place in england jolly old london and all that and uh and so she's um she's trying to blend in uh, i guess and this is being called blackface now it doesn't look like typical blackface it's not you know, the exaggerated lips around the mouth and then the white makeup around the eyes so that the eyes pop out even more. It's, it's you know, that's that minstrel thing that I talked about a couple weeks ago. And that's that's the look of blackface. But there's something, I mean, I, I, I just by the headline and looking at the image of the characters, I, I was inclined to agree with the reaction of, what? Are we... Are we just, we're just, some, your life is so good that you, you are able to spend all this time trying to find things to be outraged about, to be offended? I don't know if there was any offense um, intended by this, and I think you're just trying to find it. That was my reaction. But I read the article. Now, the article, the professor talks about the source material. 
for Mary Poppins. Talks, you know, I guess I think it's a series of books that came out at some point. Uh, there's one book that in particular he mentions, and it came out in 1943, I think. I'll link to the article so you can read it. Uh, in which there, there's some there's some negativity toward dark people. You know, someone's called a dark heathen or something like that, or black heathen or something. It, so there's things like that that happen, and. Uh, so, I'll get somebody walking through my studio. Say hi. Hi. Okay. I hope you heard that. It's my wife. She's walking through my studio with the cat, who I fed a few minutes ago. Oh, well. well, maybe an hour ago. <laughs> anyway. Um, it, so there's stuff in the book that has some aspects that, that might point toward a less racially um, enlightened way of thinking. But in the movie, which came out in 1964, there's a character in there who's watching this dance routine take place on, on that rooftop, and he's some eccentric British dude who thinks he's an admiral in the Navy or something, or maybe used to be and he's retired, and he's, he's turned in the, the roof of his house into a ship. And so he and his manservant, they, they go up there and pretend to be at sea. And he's looking through his telescope, and he sees these guys dancing out there, and he says, we're being attacked by Hottentots. And it was the word Hottentot. And this professor mentions something about it, and I thought, I'm going to look up and see what this Hottentot means. Apparently, it's a, it's a term that was used to, uh, to uh, as the name of a... Uh, of uh, a non-Bantu indigenous people of southwestern Africa, so they are they're dark-skinned, and they're you know savages or primitives, whatever. They're just not you know modernized, um, and so they were looked at as uh, um, well. That was uh, that's what Hottentot came to mean. Uh, was used, and the, the name of these people is uh, is it's Koi Koi. I think that's how you say it. It's spelled K H O I K H O I, and, and that's one word spelled that way. So I'm not exactly certain how it's how it's pronounced. I found some stuff on Wikipedia, but they didn't have a pronunciation guide, so I think it's Koi Koi. Anyway, um, once I read that, I thought, mm, okay, because there's a because he does say that in the movie. I found the scene. Uh, he does say it in the movie, and um, he's so you got there's a tinge of it there, isn't it? Isn't there a tinge of it there? Uh, isn't there a that's a, a, a possibility? I mean, why didn't he say you know we're being attacked by you know malicious marauders or something like that? And and according to Wikipedia, there was a time period where Hottentots was it was used to refer to people that were just dark skinned so you know okay i can see it you can't see it in the headline that's why you got to read the article don't just go by the headline so anyway um i i see the guy's point so i'm not fully in i, I kind of agree that it's i still think it's like trying to find outrage where you, you don't really need to find it. And this film was from, you know, 54 years ago. 
But the professor does say that the, part of the reason why he brought this up, because he was reacting to the negative reaction, that the pushback, is that he's he's point he's he's trying to remind Disney of of you know in your films going forward you should be a little more careful about this sort of depiction stuff, and because um, they got this movie Dumbo that's coming out, which I think is a live action version of the animated thing that came out many years ago. And um, there's a scene in the animated version of Dumbo that has a bunch of crows singing, and they're they're speaking in sort of jazz uh, lingo, and and they have some I guess southern sort of accents, and I mean it's, it's like calls for the Jim Crow South kind of stuff. I mean that's the stuff you think about, and even my dad who who you know he's of the older school and may not be quite as because there was a time when these sorts of things happened and they were subtle and maybe not so subtle but people just accepted them they didn't realize that oh yeah that's a slap against black people or that's oh that's that's really crude crude toward chinese people or that oh that's terrible toward you know hispanic people oh they they didn't they didn't think that it was just like oh yeah that's fine it's just it's just it's yeah oh really they're offended by that and then they'd have to sit and think about it yeah i can see your point if they were open minded enough but my dad probably comes from that era where they didn't realize or they didn't care and when my nephew was a little boy we'd be watching these i was living at home with my folks still and we'd be watching videotapes of disney films and we were watching dumbo and my dad turns to me with the crows things and he went whoa that's uh that's that's not that's not very good is it <laughs> i said no it's not yeah that that's kind of uh Ooh, you know, my dad was reacting that way. Not that he's oblivious to it. He's learned things in his years, later years, and his kids have tried to teach him things too. I'm not saying bad things about my dad, but he, but he spotted it and he just turned to me and said, "Oh, I don't. Oh, that's how did that get by?" I said, "I don't know, Dad." Anyway, um, and there's a thing about about that movie. So I mean, so anyway. Just to wrap up on that article, yeah, I can see the point where people are saying, "Hey, this is you know, come on, you're trying to be offended by something that's I mean, what, what, what do you, yeah, what are you doing here? That's not that's not blackface. That's not minstrel singers. Those are chimney sweeps. They're covered in soot. Of course. Are we gonna coal miner's daughter and some guy in that film that's got coal on his face? It's oh, no, you know, Zoolander. Zoolander is a because you know, there's a scene in Zoolander where the character Zoolander goes back to his his family and they're 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 coal miners and they're covered in soot. And I was like, is that blackface? I don't think so. Anyway, um, but then I understand the professor's point of view. What he's saying: Let's you know, Disney, don't let that crows thing happen in the in the in the Dumbo thing. You know, be aware of this kind of stuff. Be aware of where you've gone. You've misstepped in the past. Um, and all that. But uh, to finish up the show, uh, there's something that was in the, that uh, I was reminded of watching this Mary Poppins, Mar watching this scene. Uh, it was, you know me, I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a fan of musicals. It's, it must be my pedantic nature. I just, lots of times the musicals seem to just kind of stop the movie. Let's stop the movie now and let's have a song and dance routine. And people who are into musicals just love them. It's ah, oh, they, they could go on forever. 
And boy, they almost get their wish in Mary Poppins because the number the the that the sw- the chimney sweeps with with Dick Van Dyke and his terrible Cockney accent. That number that has the Hottentots comment, that's called St- the Step in Time song, which is a call and response kind of song. Uh, let me tell you something. <laughs> I remember going back again to when my nephew was a little boy, and I was living at home with mom and dad, and it was either on just on TV or something, and that number was playing, and I was watching that thing, and I, just, I got about halfway through that number, and I was thinking, okay, I got it. I understand. Can we get on with the movie? Oh my goodness! It lasts a long time. I'll I'll, I'll link to the clip. The it it's it, the clip is over eight minutes, eight minutes, and it's 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 repetitive and it's it's uh, it, it, it's like I said, it's a call and response thing. So you got uh, Dick Van Dyke and the dancing chimney sweeps, and they're 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 getting into this thing, and he and he he shouts something out. Uh, he'd say, you know, box the clown, step in time, box the clown, step in time, don't have reason, don't have rhyme, box the clown, step in time, and he'd say, beat the bishop, step in time, beat the bishop, step in time, never need a reason, never need a rhyme, beat the bishop, step in time, choke the chicken, choke the chicken, step in time, choke the chicken, step in time, never need a reason, never need a rhyme, choke the chicken, step in time, come on, Mary, flick the bean, flick the bean, step in time, flick the bean, and it goes on and on and on and on. And then when they stop singing the bits, they're still dancing and pirouetting and leaping from roof to roof, and they're doing all this stuff, and they're spinning their brushes, and they're and they're all covered in soot, head to foot, and all that. And then at some point, about five minutes in, the crazy admiral, on his roof, a few houses away, sees these guys. He says they were, they're being attacked by the hot and tots, and he starts firing, filling his cannon with fireworks and they start shooting them off at uh, at at the at the chimney sweeps and they all split up and I'm thinking well that should end the number right that's going to end the number no no they just all tumble down they tumble down the, the the chimneys and they go into some house I think it's the house that the kids live in uh, and you know the two kids that uh, Mary Poppins is the nanny of, and they, they go in there and they terrorize the maid. You know they, you know spank the monkey, step in time, spank the monkey, step in time. Never any reason, never any rhyme. Spank the monkey, step in. And it, it, it keeps going for another two or three minutes before it finally ends. <laughs> and I thought, I got the idea five minutes ago. I'm sure, okay, a five-minute dance number, okay, fine, but, oh, man, musicals are just not for me. Well, I don't have time for doing anything else. I really don't. I had more on the, more to do with the show, but I'm telling you, kids, I'm tired, but I got through it, and, well, oh, see, see, I told you I didn't have time. So I'll get to this other stuff I didn't get to tonight, next week. Um, and so just remember that you've been listening to Dimland Radio and the Z Talk Radio Network and that I'm very tired. I'm very tired. <laughs> anyway, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Again, you've been listening to Dimland Radio and the Z Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D R D I M at dimland.com. 
And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Well, well, I'm going to hell. Whack the weasel, step in time. Whack the weasel, step in time. Never any reason, never any rhyme. Whack the weasel, step in time. Choke the chicken again. Choke the chicken again. Step in time. Choke the chicken, step in time. Never any reason, never any rhyme. Choke the chicken, step in time. Slap the monkey, chicken time. Duck the monkey, step in time. Never any reason, never any rhyme. Slap the monkey, chicken time.